Hello and welcome to our global S&OP community weekly podcast Brought to you by Ahmed Khalid and Ahmed Al-Hamamsi from Middle East Our global S&OP community podcast mission is to build a global community from supply chain, marketing, trade marketing, sales and finance all over the world Where everyone's voice could be heard and listened Every week we host a new episode with great thought leader in the S&OP industry. We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could open up the light in the screen of your consciousness and you'll never be the same again. We discuss hot and trending topics with our subject matter experts by asking the right questions that uncover their valuable experience in our show. You can visit our website ahmedkhaled.com .co Stay tuned every week with our global S&OP community podcast. Today we are uh, the global SMB community, as you know. Tell us, please, where are you uh, uh, coming in from and uh, and logging in from? And uh, as you know, the global SMB community is uh, information you won't find uh, in books and knowledge. You will not find in books it's through experience and, uh, of course, through our lovely guests that we are having uh, uh, every every week with you. Khaled, how are you doing in Saudi Arabia? Everything is good, Hamamsi. I'm so glad and I'm so excited today because it, it's our first episode related to customer development and sales. Uh, so with a special guest today, restressing again into our mission. Our mission is to build a global S&OP community where everyone's voice can be heard and can be listened. So uh, as, as we always saying also that uh, this, the aim from this, it's we are sharing experience, struggles, stories, and experience uh, from everywhere around the world. Uh, knowledge you will never find in books. So we are waiting for your interaction today. Today we have a very special episode. Yes. Maybe many people, they are compelled and they don't know about what we are talking about today. That's why we need your engagement and uh, your question, especially with our special guest. Yes, uh, of course, we're already having uh, people uh, coming in from all over the world, uh, from Tanzania, from Egypt, uh, Mustafa Sliman. Great to Kenneth, see you, Mustafa. Uh, Donner, our friend, thank you for joining us. Great to Andreen see you. from Saudi Arabia, how are you doing? doing? 
doing so, amazing job. Uh, let's well, talk uh, our guest uh, on our guest Khaled uh, for some time. Our guest, of course, has uh, had a very strong background. Uh, started his career in uh, as in brand management and business development in uh, big multinationals like uh, Unilever. Like uh, uh, he worked in, uh, in big uh, tobacco companies. He worked in uh, big uh, multinationals like like Pepsi and uh, a sales uh, a regional sales director in, in a lot of big companies. I had the honor me and you to work with him and he's a very uh, pleasant uh, character uh, of course to work with he worked as a sales director also in a group uh, americana group and uh, of course he has also background in education so our uh, guest today is uh, is like uh, worked in uh, a lot of uh, industries he has uh, years and years of, uh, of experience in uh, in sales and uh, personally i used to go back to him in, uh, in anything i uh, i need to understand in, uh, in, uh, in sales so without further uh, talking and exciting uh, I'm very excited to have uh, today with me uh, Hassan Gimei. Hassan how are you doing hello hello Khaled <laughs> hello Ahmed Amamsi uh, thank you so much for hosting me uh, today and for the lovely introduction I believe uh, uh, like I mentioned to you before I'm proud and fond with all the efforts thank that you. uh, you guys are doing uh, uh, online sharing experiences uh, with different people uh, across the world. So uh, I'm very proud to join you today and I'll try to as much as possible uh, to to uh, to answer all the questions uh, uh, for all the audience that will be attending the session for today. Thank you so much for the introduction. Thank you, Hassan. Pleasure having you. you today. Cannot imagine how much, uh, uh, how many messages that we received today about special uh, this special episode because many people are very keen and excited to know what's beyond the sales because sales uh, I, I believe that many people in our uh, network they don't know too much about sales that's why we're relying too much on your great experience and values today inshallah sure yes. i'll try as much as possible to uh, to answer all the questions and uh, provide any support that needed to uh, to both of you or to any of uh, the audience Thank you. today Thank you so much, uh, Hassan. Of course, uh, we're waiting for questions from our audience. And to start, uh, tell us, Hassan, how can sales play a tactical role of bridging the business gaps? And of course, the business, uh, we're all working to reach our top and bottom lines. How can this work, especially, for example, in sales and operation? And, uh, and how can, what's the sales role in, in that, making sure that we reach our uh, and cover our, any business gaps? Uh, 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 I believe, uh, Ahmed, that uh, uh, one of the core uh, 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 challenges or uh, important uh, tasks that uh, should be uh, done by any sales uh, team is uh, forecasting. And yeah. uh, why am I saying forecasting? Because forecasting, uh, it's not only a, a number that we put in an Excel sheet uh, where the supply chain team, they actually nag about to send during during uh, a cycle uh, yes. but, but we, we we actually need to understand what's the what's what's actually happening behind this number how is this number how is this this you reach this mathematics so uh, uh, the first foundation stone is that uh, uh, those lovely spreadsheets with lovely sqs and flavors and everything uh, for a salesperson, uh, 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 they need we need to uh, look into the nitty-gritty details when it comes to run rates. 
I mean, what's the actual run rate or uptake or sales of these specific SKUs? What are the, are there any activations or activities or marketing activities or promotions that is in the, in the cycle or not? So basically a, a number should be set. And, 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 and I believe one of the, the through, through my experience that the most successful sales managers or even supervisors or even executives uh, are those who actually share the knowledge of sharing how to actually do a forecast. Forecast is not only a number that you, you take an average and you just uh, pull the, 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 the cell. Yeah, it's, uh, why am I saying this? Because, because this specific number is, uh, reflects on several decisions within the organization that could impact uh, uh, impact drastically the margins. So let me give you an example to, to make it a bit simpler for our audience. So let's say, for example, if you decide to, uh, uh, you overinflated the number uh, in your forecast for a specific SQ. So uh, let's, let's realize that this number is actually shared with the procurement team, with the production team. So the procurement team, they actually, the first thing they do, they go and they check the buffer stock of raw materials, whether raw or pack. So if they find that, that this specific forecast is not, does not uh, or the raw material and pack is not catering for the, the specific numbers, then the procurement team uh, starts struggles to make an additional order for raw and pack that might be more expensive for the company to buy uh, in a very short duration. Some, some I've seen examples of uh, companies that, uh, that uh, make air shipments in order to satisfy yes. the specific number. And needless to mention, the production team, then they have, to, they might be uh, need to, to work an extra shift. So that's mm. another expense. So, yes. and, and these expenses, they actually uh, uh, reflect on the margin and the number. And needless to mention that, that ad hoc requests or inaccuracy of uh, uh, forecast can, uh, can have tremendous implication behind uh, uh, the margin so so my message here to say is that that we, we, uh, from a sales perspective uh, or as a salesperson we need to look or think big when uh, exactly like the message you have behind you uh, <laughs> yes. so what, what i mean so what i mean by thinking big is is you have to think about the supply chain uh, uh, team the procurement team uh, the, the the production team uh, the extra cost that will actually impact your EBITDA uh, 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 yes. uh, indirectly. So, so I believe that uh, uh, in order to fill the gaps, uh, 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 answering your question, doing the correct forecast, this requires taking uh, uh, into consideration seasonality of your product. Mm -hmm. Into consideration, you have to look at uh, uh, if there is an activity happening or uh, a marketing campaign happening. So uh, 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 sometimes some companies or some teams I've seen, they actually take benchmarks based on uh, uh, previous launches that they've done. Uh, you have the trade structure uh, that's actually in the market, whether it's modern trade, whether it's retailers, wholesalers, you understand from your coverage and from the actual drop size that you intend to do uh, for this specific uh, 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 launch or a specific gap that you actually have. Uh, uh, how how much or how many cartons and how much in in terms of turnover this this would actually generate? Then you, you we can say that you have a sort of an accurate uh, forecast. Mm -hmm. I've seen one of the the, the most inter interesting exercises 
that I've practiced during one of the companies I've worked for is that we started to map down uh, the SQs with a very high margin. Yeah. And we realized that in case that we were able to 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 uh, widespread or to distribute this specific SQ to mm-hmm. be uh, equal to the most selling SQ, which is widespread, uh, it has like uh, 95% distribution. This will actually improve the margins as well. So, uh, so answering your question, uh, 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 forecasting is extremely important. Uh, forecasting, we need to understand what kind of numbers we're putting there. Uh, ad hoc decisions, uh, either by over forecasting or under forecasting, can actually uh, uh, increase the inventory. This inventory in the warehouses of any company is actually money, so it can, it can impact the cash flow as well of the company. So uh, uh, the decision behind forecasting uh, uh, or what's going on behind the scenes, once you plug this number into a, a specific uh, Excel sheet or a, a, a spreadsheet, uh, 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 it's, it's, it's actually a big story that we need to actually uh, uh, focus on and consider in the future. Hassan, let me tell you that I'm impressed because you, you, you're, you're not just covering the downstream, which is the retail side, you're talking about the whole business. And it's the first time to see a sales guy, really when you find this is a sales guy who is speaking about the end-to-end, the ecosystem of the business end-to-end. So you're covering the, the, one of the biggest pain points, which for, uh, forecasting, because by default, between sales and supply chain, you will see that mostly it's sales, they want to, to have too much stocks, mostly. And uh, a supply chain in terms of demand, it's unbiased. We are uh, relying too much on data and activities, our baseline, our promotions, our activities or the innovations. So it's really to have something like that because you have really touched a point on forecasting, which is something it's very rare when you when you think about that point. Yes. Uh, when it comes to gaps as well, uh, uh, Khaled, one of the, the, the most important thing is to uh, map uh, uh, the distribution of your products in the different channels uh, uh, against the uh, uh, retail order. I mean, how many outlets are you covering in each and every uh, uh, sales channel? Uh, uh, what's your reach? What's your highest reach in number of SQUs? Because there are must-talk lists, as we understand. These are the top-weighted SQUs that we have. It has to be available or they have to be available in specific uh, 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 outlets. Segmentation of outlets are uh, even important. So, so uh, what I'm trying to say here is doing this exercise, mapping and seeing exactly where are we at and where, and where do we want to go, this will facilitate uh, inserting a certain number uh, uh, forecasting, which is actually uh, reflect on demand planning. Uh, yes, that's basically... Uh, Great, yes, yes. Very important, of course, as Hassan is saying, the segmentation, the targeting and positioning, understand the market size, understand uh, where to go and which channel, that which market, of course. And uh, and uh, we welcome, of course, also our uh, great uh, friend and uh, boss, Khaled uh, Madani. Thank you so much for uh, for joining <laughs> us, of course. Yes, Khaled. Uh, <laughs> great to see you. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and we welcome a lot of uh, our audience here. Uh, also, are uh, joining us with their uh, a lot of uh, a lot of comments from everywhere. Thank you, Soria, for for joining us. Great to see you, brother. Thank you so much. Thank you, Panda from Panda. Uh, She's welcoming you, Hassan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> 
Nether Cinema, previous excuse is very important for forecasting. Nether, yes, we depend on uh, history sometimes. It's a very important part of uh, the forecast, but we must also, as Hassan saying, look at the real-time data, be close to the markets as uh, much as, uh, as possible. Mozmel is Mozammel is watching us from Bangladesh. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. Good seeing you. Good seeing you, Mozammel. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. I think we have a question, Hamamsi. Yeah, let's go. First question from Ambreen, yes. Great points about forecasting. However, I would like to ask how to tackle the unprecedented events, such as the phenomenal launch of product by competitors or excessive push of competitors' products in the market. Hassan, your game about competition. <laughs> yes. Okay, okay. So, as, as, uh, of course, uh, 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 doing a forecast requires uh, 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 an M3 or a 12-month uh, uh, rolling forecast, and there is always uh, ad hoc uh, event that takes place uh, in any market. So, uh, 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 let's say uh, if we're talking about a launch uh, of a competition, like uh, our sister uh, Ambreen has mentioned, uh, uh, um, so, so in this case, uh, uh, there is something called the market intelligence. So uh, the market of MC, FMCG is basically, if we're talking about multinationals or even local companies or regional companies, we can, uh, uh, through the market intelligence, there is always a, a, a proper, uh, uh, or I can say there is always a chance that mm. you might know that there is a pre-launch happening from your uh, uh, competition. So uh, it is it is normal for any company to launch a product. They, they might be aggressive. They might go and give uh, crazy discounts or crazy offers to the uh, uh, customers in order to penetrate. Mm. But this should not be a showstopper. Uh, yeah. uh, in case of retaliating uh, in the same month, I believe that it would be a wrong move. It's better to uh, understand uh, 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 what your competitor is doing. Your competitor did not wake up in the morning and you find that there is an X company that penetrated. Usually uh, a competition, they have, uh, uh, let's say, uh, uh, additional lines uh, uh, of or new innovations. So so basically there is a, a dipstick of understanding how my competition reacts. What do mm -hmm. they actually do? So, so my advice when it comes to forecasting, there is no right or wrong answer here. You put the forecast, the, your factory is producing, your procurement guy bought the raw materials, they're actually producing, you have your uh, your products uh, uh, in the warehouses, and you're actually, uh, uh, you, you get surprised one day that someone is out there is actually uh, pushing back. Mm. However, let's talk about customer loyalty. Let's talk yeah. about lo loyalty programs. So if you engage straight with loyalty programs, if you have a solid proof win-win uh, relationship when it comes to customer development agreements with the key accounts, you can always find a way to, to push back your competition. So let's say, for example, that they try to uh, uh, take uh, shelf space. So if you're protecting your shelf space, your merchandiser is there, your account sure. manager is there, your sales managers are there, they're all actually catering to, to keep or to provide the best in class service or an excellent service to your customer. You might be finding yourself indirectly pushing back your competition from filling uh, 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 or taking any of your space. So uh, uh, I believe that uh, one thing I'd like to add in this point 
and I believe that this is one of the good practices that I've actually adopted uh, during the past years. Market intelligence or competitor intelligence is extremely important to be monitored on weekly and monthly basis. So if you are able to, to monitor on weekly or monthly basis your competition mm-hmm. for a duration, duration of 12 months, you'll be able to understand uh, uh, when they're actually spending, when they are spending their budget, how mm-hmm. much they are yes. spending behind their budget. Yeah. So basically, you will have the activity grid of your competitor and most mm-hmm. likely they will replicate the same thing the mm-hmm. following year. So you'll be able to have a, 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 a head, a, 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 some vision on preempting what your competition will be, uh, will be doing. Great insights. I it's to the point. I believe that yeah, you have even added for me too much values on that point. If if you allow mm-hmm. me, I will add something uh, on mm-hmm. that point because it's all about the strategy of the, the business. Because it doesn't mean that if the competition is doing very well, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about in terms of the sellout. That the the sellout or the EPOS data is is going. We need to understand, as you said, what are the activities behind that. It doesn't mean that if the the the, the competitor is is taking two market share from from the from ourselves, that we need to replicate it. Because at, at the end of the day, what is the ROI of these activities? Maybe the the there is a different activities or there is a different business strategy for this specific segment on the the competition itself so it's not about replication it's all about how you can make sure I that agree. you're aligned with the business don't replicate don't replicate uh, one of the market techniques i believe that it's i see it from even consumer goods point of view they are even promotional driven they are not working on the business the the, the, the brand equity how they can uh, resonate how can they understand what the, their consumer needs they just easily to push stocks at the consumer end this I think this is a very traditional marketing techniques. That's why it's a, it's all not about for working about the promotions. How you can make sure that you you are positioning the the price versus the values of the brand in the right way. This is the right way, not just pushing by promotion. This is what this is one of the things that I see it very common in the consumer goods pushing stocks, pushing uh, sell out by promotions. But at the end of the day, is it aligned with my business or I'm I'm not aligned on that? Exactly. Right. I, I, I can't agree uh, more, Khalid, with uh, with your comment there. Uh, you find a lot of uh, companies falling into the trap of uh, over-promoting, I would say. And yeah. uh, when you come and, and, and see uh, how much are they selling regular products and how much regular SQs and how much they're selling actually uh, uh, um, uh, promoted SQs and you find uh, over the number of years that uh, you were coming from uh, 30% uh, promoted, 70% regular into 70% promoted and 30% regular. They even changed, yeah. So, so uh, uh, and this is actually hurting the brand. So, and this is actually, um, I would say it's um, giving the consumer the, the wrong messages that, uh, yeah. that I'll wait next time, maybe Probably I'll find uh, uh, there is a promotion that uh, there actually the competition or 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 or, the, or a value pack uh, that the company would be offering. So I believe in brand equity is extremely important and it's very important as well to to uh, 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 do a promotion in certain occasions. Yeah. So one of exactly. the interesting occasions 
or promotions that I've seen uh, uh, during my days in the UAE, celebration mm-hmm. of the in- uh, of the Independence Day, uh, mm-hmm. and this was actually uh, a celebration that, uh, that 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 made made sense. Of course, they find seasons like Ramadan, like uh, the Bayram holidays or Eid holidays happening. So uh, I believe the promo regular contribution is important and uh, over promoting is actually can hurt the DNA, can yeah. can hurt your profitability uh, 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 and uh, it won't have a, a an actual meaning. So I'd rather go for a value pack, for instance, yeah. rather than a promo pack. Sink, yes, sink. Uh, so the depth of promotion as well as the value of the promotion is extremely important that should and should be uh, studied uh, well. Yeah. Yeah, because at the end of the day, dilute the message. I love what you say because value for money. Maybe the brand values it's very high, but by our mistake or just uh, I would say a blind spot from the company itself, they're diluting the values. So uh, the perception of the consumer. I, I used to see this uh, brand. I can see it at the beginning. Let's say twenty dollars, but now because, yeah, yeah, the, the, it was a premium. But because of the the blind spot, uh, as I say, fifty percent off. It, now it's ten ten dollars. So you dilute the value of the brand itself. So when I come oh, the next cool, time. I will see it if I see it by twenty dollars. I saw it before by ten dollars, so I will be waiting till it comes ten dollars, and I will not come again. Come again. This is the thing. It, it is very challenging, Khalid. Uh, uh, nowadays, I mean, these past months or past year were actually COVID hit, so uh, uh, there are zillions of uh, uh, um, uh, speculation. When will it end? So many companies they 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 tended to over promote and over promote to ensure that they're saving their. Uh, 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 market share, uh, yeah, saving their market share and uh, generating turnover. So uh, yes, yes, and I believe that uh, I hope that COVID ends uh, by the end of this year, hopefully, so everything goes to norm because it's actually impacting forecasting, it's impacting everything. I mean, the whole everything. value chain, uh, uh, value chain was was impacted big time. Yeah, Thank totally, you. totally agree, uh, Hassan. Of course, and uh, like you were saying about uh, promoting. Uh, I think, of course, COVID. Uh, when COVID hits, everybody did uh, over promoting to save their market share. But uh, as a, as a rule, uh, companies should mix between uh, branding and uh, having a message that that that's about uh, talks about their brand, about their values, and uh, and promotions to make sure that uh, they do they don't lose the the value of of the brand and the brand equity. So totally agree about you, uh, your points, uh, Khaled and. Uh, And Hassan, of course. Thank you. And we have uh, a lot of uh, guests coming in. Mohammed, Dumbara, uh, saying great job, guys. Our big friend. Uh, yes. Great to see you, Mohammed. Thank you. Agata from Poland. Thank you for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Pragmeta from India. Thank you, Prag, also for joining us. Saying marketplace intelligence Prag. is critical. Like we're talking about the market intelligence. Thank you. Thank you, Prag, for for joining us. Our friend uh, Shadil Jaki from Egypt he has a question: What are the best actions should be taken during maturity uh, stage of the product life cycle, uh, Hassan? That's a very good question. I've actually worked for a company where the uh, uh, they were uh, in a category where they actually reached around uh, 85, 88% market share. And yeah. it was pretty much difficult uh, after uh, some basic fundamentals. We worked on some basic fundamentals, and we, this is the maximum we, we we could have reached. And they hit plateau. So uh, uh, the question was there: uh, what to do? Yeah. 
So, mm. so one of the interesting solution was to look at line extensions, line extensions, yeah. uh, uh, new innovations, uh, 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 um, uh, presenting different packs, uh, bigger sizes in case to increase the consumption of uh, consumers, especially when it comes to uh, uh, food or even uh, home and personal care sometimes. So, so answering the, the question is, uh, uh, if there is a sense and there is a good connection happy with your, uh, and you have a very strong footprint of distribution in a specific market, and you have very strong relationship with the customers, it's always uh, an opportunity to go and extend in new categories. Categories that if you are in the food business, let's do uh, 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 or penetrate categories in the food business. There is also always the the the, uh, uh, the chance of cross promoting uh, your new product with the existing product, which, which will actually induce trial, and you can actually uh, build uh, your new product or new innovation and give it a chance to uh, uh, flourish more and uh, uh, be, be uh, being consumed by more consumers. Great answer, I think. Yeah, Amazing. I love this point because. Uh, I had a study on this maturity, so if you allow me also, I add something on yes. that point. Maturity, because the maturity during the maturity, I believe it's something between one month to uh, uh, three months post the, the launch of the product itself. And this is the most critical, I see, the most critical period of, of the launch. Why I'm saying this? If you want to to have a successful launch, I'm assuming that you are developing everything you, during the development stage. That you you put everything, as Hassan said, that the market insights was right, the uh, pricing positioning is right, the promotional intensity was right, everything was right. Build up on, on that. I believe that the laser focus on this point, especially in the maturity itself, <laughs> make sure that uh, uh, the business case that you build it by customer and the distribution. And uh, the, the weighted distribution, the market distribution by customer is being aligned with your actual numbers. Because if there is any misalignment at that point, I'm telling you, it, this will be the devastation of maturity. And some, some of the innovations are lost at this point. Why I'm saying this point? Because I see it, most companies in that point, when they see some customers, they listed the SKUs on that point and they have too much sellout, too much sellout. What they do, they list it across all customers. So what will happen here? It comes the unbalance between the, the demand and the supply. So sometimes, yes, I have the availability. I, I, I There is demand, but just the tra tra tracking the signals between demand and supply, it's very important because if you list the SKUs in one point and give it to a customer, this will affect drastically in the long term. Why I'm saying this, if assume with me that an SQ with a longer lead time, you are just looking into whatever in the pipeline and the stocks in your supply chain nodes. But if I, I in a short period, if I have an increase uh, 200%, 300% in my focus, what will happen is I will give it, but I have limited stocks. And this is even devastate the, the innovation at the end of the day. Why some of the customers, Hassan, I believe also you, you are facing this. Some of the customers, they, they, they have in the contract, if I raise an order, let's say for consecutive two months, I will discontinue this from my portfolio. I will not be able to have it. So what will happen? You have double effect. You will lose sales 
At the same time, I raise order based on the new forks and it comes, I have high coverage and then below shelf lifetime. And this uh, innovation got the output yes. out from the market. That damage That's before it. it. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> That's why it's very essential in that point. And it, it's moving. That's why it's all about the stories we have. We're reflecting, we're sharing experience. So looking, looking in the business case, make sure, especially in the first three months, that try to balance the supply and demand at the same time keep the laser focus that you make sure that your on shelf availability is there make sure that your distribution is there and make sure that you are aligning with your business case 100% I can't agree with you Khaled sorry to interrupt you Hamamsi no uh, uh, one of the uh, answering the question of maturity for instance we find companies like uh, PepsiCo or coca-cola yeah, yeah? Okay. so yes. they're actually selling coca-cola and pepsi it's yeah. uh, different packs uh, different price points yeah mm-hmm. but they're actually relying more on their marketing agent so they, they yes. actually choose yeah. a celebrity a persona uh, 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 differentiate or make a message in each and every campaign so yeah. so pepsico and coca-cola are examples of uh, 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 companies that already uh, uh, the, the, their brand did not reach maturity, although they're, they're, they're not doing much of innovation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, somehow. So, so you find Pepsi, for example, they might uh, launch seasonal uh, drinks uh, or uh, soda during certain uh, uh, seasons, like summer, uh, like Eid, for instance. So, mm-hmm. uh, so I wanted to share this example. Uh, yeah. about uh, the product life cycle and how companies yes. can go yes. around that like uh, PepsiCo and Coca-Cola. You're right, sometimes they are introducing like uh, something uh, organic, sometimes uh, less sugar with the stevia, with flavor. Absolutely. So yeah, I think it's like they're making news because also if uh, Coke makes an, uh, for example, advertising, Pepsi has to reply, has to make something new. So the, this is like the war between the, the, big, uh, the big fish. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, especially in trade. In trade, they're... Yes. Uh, they, 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 they actually shove down uh, the customer throats, uh, fridges and spaces and pay lots of money. Yeah. Yes. Hassan, I have one question in my mind, uh, and then we can jump into the next question from our audience. Yeah, sure. Sure. I, I've been there into the backdoor selling, and it's distributing, it's, it's disturbing the whole uh, cycle and network of our existing route to market. So, from your experience, I believe that you had this experience a lot and you understand the route market, how it looks like. From your experience, if you can share even with our uh, audience, what is the backdoor selling and how it affects uh, the, the P&L and the, the, the income statement of the company that are they, they are short-sighted in the short term? Okay, very good question. Uh, so I would actually metaphorically uh, say that the backdoor selling is like shooting yourself in the foot. Yeah. <laughs> so let me first explain what is backdoor selling. Backdoor selling is actually, uh, uh, let's say you have a modern trade account. Uh, uh, you're giving this modern trade uh, 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 a back margin, which is basically the CDA uh, discounts, whether they're fixed or variable. Uh, whether they're uh, uh, and you you decide in order to generate more sales, I'll uh, uh, pump some stocks or sell some stocks to uh-huh. this specific modern trade. Okay. Uh, uh, and then what does this modern trade does? 
I mean, uh, either two things: either they they encourage the wholesale buying, so they they have uh, they start communicating with wholesalers that are available in the in the in the market that mm. actually the same company is actually catering for. Uh, uh, giving them a price which is below the price list that the sales rep is giving by maybe let's say 10%. Mm. So what happens in a market? Every single wholesaler diverts towards uh, this modern trade, mm. buys from this modern trade, mm. and then the retail or the down trade actually can mm. buy anything, can sell anything. Yeah. Okay, how is this impacting the PNL? It's mm. impacting the PNL because you will find that the average discount you're giving for a whole, to a wholesaler or to retail, an approximation of let's say five to six percent, while you're giving to the modern trade around twenty twenty five percent. So basically, you've generated more sales with the modern trade, which is more expensive because you're paying. You have a contractual agreement. Uh, you're binding to this contractual agreement in order to uh, to uh, to uh, you have to abide to while the other part of the trade is actually froze because they uh, bought from the modern trade so what is the correct practice the correct practice and this is very important so uh, uh, we mentioned earlier during our conversation regarding forecast and regarding baseline and regarding one rate so in order to 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 avoid such such uh, incidences it is empirically important that that each and every sales uh, executive who ha- who's managing a, a modern trade understands mm. the basic run rate that the, actually of the modern wow. trade itself wow. and actually builds a, a, a single or a double digit growth over this run rate based on uh, any activity innovation campaign so on so forth uh, 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 but doubling tripling quadrupling the mm. run rate actually mean one thing that they will be selling back door they will disrupt the whole cycle the company will end up selling a lot of uh, products uh, a, a big turnover of sales yet it's from the other channel it would create disruption in the market it create it will impact negatively wholesalers or or, or even uh, small retailers uh, will negatively impact the relationship with the sales reps with the company uh, and it will create a big disturbance and then in order for any company to to um, let's say fix it they have to probably spend more money in the wholesale and bring yes. more retailers in order to uh, uh, adjust the situation somehow amazing Hassan. amazing it's easy and simple and to the point one, one of the you, things that came, came into my mind Hassan, it's uh, uh, it's also about how you are compensating the, the retail or the modern trade because sometimes the companies they are compensating based on the sell out and sometimes you're compensating based on the sell in and if if i believe if you are compensating based the, the promotions or the claims based on on the sell in here it comes that the first uh, problem because you, you, how you will be able to make sure that even the the, the money it's been invested to the consumer it's been sent to the consumer because it's now maybe you you don't understand how this will be a retail promotion or how it, it comes to the pocket of the, the the customer and how much was going to the the consumer i believe also 
looking at these strategies and building a rapport with the customer itself uh, and building real contract and the relationship uh, on that point this will will also uh, avoid some of the disruptions disruptions that happens in the backdoor selling uh, i can't agree uh, more with you i think that cda or customer development agreements with the modern trader is one of the crucial uh, uh, binding uh, documents that uh, that both parties should be benefit from so and it should be built on a win-win uh, uh, mindset so basically if we look at or dissecting uh, customer development agreement it's it's it, some customer development agreements they have fixed rebates and variable rebates yes the fixed rebates uh, are actually the, they're covering either uh, 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 space on the shelf which is pre-agreed and usually it should be equivalent to uh, the market share of uh, uh, the company that's actually uh, doing this agreement. Uh, 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 the fixed rebate could actually cover as well some of the uh, um, uh, display points uh, at, uh, or visibility points at the store. Variable uh, rebates are basically built on uh, 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 the, 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 the sales. Yeah, the, the, it's like a sort of slabs. If you buy with this amount of money, you'll get this exactly, percentage, yeah. so on and so forth. Mm. Uh, um, Going back to your question regarding are we overselling or underselling uh, in a store, it's, it's mm. quite simple. Nowadays, most stores uh, or most modern trade, they tend to share the, uh, their data. So mm. basically, you're hands-on on their sell-out. So you understand yeah. that their sell-out and some of them, they actually provide that uh, 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 by day. So mm. you can actually monitor the weekend rate and the uh, and, uh, and, uh, week's rate. And, and for, for, for a specific uh, uh, accurate uh, uh, demand forecast or a forecast or even to avoid uh, uh, incidences like backdoor, you can always go back to the data sharing. You can always look at uh, uh, the run rate. You understand that there's, of course, a buffer stock, which is, let's say, a week uh, uh, by SQ, by flavor, to ensure that you would never, ever run out of stock from the shelf. Uh, yeah. So I believe this is somehow could be uh, 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 or is uh, yeah. actually the right way to uh, look after the, the specific uh, uh, offtake when it comes to consumer and making sure that you're selling the right uh, 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 quantities or turnover to the, the customers. Thank great. you, Hassan. Great, Hassan. Thank amazing, you so much. Amazing, amazing voice. Thank you so much. Of course, we have a lot of engagement and questions coming in from uh, from uh, from everybody. We have Amir here is uh, talking about your highlighting uh, points about marketing and sales activities, then supply side activities, how to engage demand side in SMB process and increase their belief in integrating the process, just pushing for supply. I think uh, Amr here is talking about yes, balancing demand and supply, like we were uh, we we're talking about, and the uh, demand uh, job, of course, is uh, Amr is, uh, is, uh, is part of it is to be engaged uh, daily with uh, with marketing and, uh, and sales, meeting with uh, with the distributors even, and during our days uh, with uh, with Hassan at go and meet the distributor or sit with uh, with Hassan to understand from because you have to understand from the people on the ground what's happening in sales, uh, why this uh, this product. Uh, is, is, is going up why this promotion is, uh, is, is happening and record uh, this and why this promotion succeeded uh, why this activity succeeded or, or, or failed so this part of integrating uh, 
demand with with marketing and sales and the demand is always the focal point between uh, between uh, uh, the the commercial side and and the supply team side from the material and the uh, production yeah. to to answer your point yes. yeah. i think that you have nailed it totally adding yeah. to that point it's all about demand shaping because if yeah. you don't understand the shape of demand and what are the drivers in your in your organization or your category i would assume or in your business you're not able to control anything and uh, my my assumption my assumption for amr uh, or just my my advice in that point i believe it's all about relying on on the history just get over uh, all the activities well, that left up all the, the sales at that point. Try to generate your baseline by uh, uh, customer or whatever, whatever uh, forecasting level that you will have uh, in your even discussion, your uh, S and OP with your sales. I'm not sure how the hierarchy in your sales, but try to deliver all of this and aggregate it on the level of the discussion with the sales and operational planning with your sales team. When you have this assumption, when you have this baseline agreed between sales and marketing and supply chain, you will be able to cater for because the, the, the matter after that, you will be looking into the future. So I have I will, I will have all my activities. Uh, this activity is going to this, uh, let's say, channel. I have this discount percentage. I have this innovation, all of this. You will be able to build up all the total forecast. But if you, if you speak generic, you'll not be able to push anything or you'll not be able to convince anyone. My my advice, just look into the data, uh, build the, the, the right assumptions, document it, and then reflect on it after the sales happen. Yeah, I great think, point. Well, Hassan, please add, add your yeah, point. Of course, I, this I, is your game. Yeah. I want to, to thank Prague because he touched point on post-promotion yes. analysis. So pre and post promotion analysis is actually one of the, the key things that, uh, that gives us a, 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 an insight or a vision on how successful this promotion was. Uh, uh, if it's recorded somewhere, we can always go back to the history and see right. whether uh, uh, what's, what was the implication, what, what uh, we actually spent, how, what, what's our ROI, how did it work or it did not work. Uh, so. So this is key, uh, I believe, and I and I think that uh, answering, of course, Hammer's uh, question, we I think we've discussed earlier in the session about uh, forecasting yeah. and how to to look at the baseline and uh, uh, preempt uh, or, or I mean in alignment with the different uh, functions, including uh, uh, marketing. Uh, are there any activities, uh, promotions, uh, trade deals, uh, discounts, uh, activations, innovations? And what's the, what would be the implication uh, uh, or what, wh how much are we uh, feeding in uh, the demand? Knowing the fact from a sales perspective, uh, there is another exercise which is called the pipeline filling, which actually, <laughs> if you have a new innovation or promotion, we yes. should, uh, uh, we, we, we usually communicate with our sales team, uh, uh, drop size by retail channel. Uh, 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 we, we usually communicate uh, repeat purchase. We, we monitor the repeat purchase as well, especially when it comes to uh, to, uh, to innovations. So uh, yeah, amazing, Hassan. Amazing Thank you, Ahmed. Thank you, Ahmed. Thank you, uh, Hassan. I think if we come to brag point Hamamsi about post promotion, it's a very interesting question because when it comes, I believe most companies that they have a great portfolio or a huge portfolio and a huge ship to points, huge number of customers, it's very, very challenging. Why I'm saying that 
it's all about the process how you are dealing how you are raising the, the claims and how you are allocating the claims when it comes to actualization because i, I guarantee you that when it comes even uh, calculating the gross margin on sq level and uh, if you are raising i would say the promotions on a format level or uh, a family level how you will be able to aggregate this or de-aggregate this on, into a level of sq some people say i will take it by uh, let's say by the total national level or just by proportional factor the contribution of the sales and sometimes it doesn't make sense because you have maybe at the cpg the same cpg or the format or the family you have different price price points for, for the same sq maybe you have this you have maybe you have a, a different activity total activity that it's running the whole sq specifically for this sq under this family so understanding this i believe it's very essential to uh, to calculate the right roi because sometimes even you see that the roi for this uh, promotion is negative however it's not because of the calculations that it's happening because of one SQ, yeah. two SQs, while exactly. there are 25 sqs <laughs> exactly. yeah, 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 yeah yes yeah. that's why sometimes even you say uh, we will delist this sq but actually no this sq has a higher gross margin but due to the miscalculation uh, or the assumption the wrong assumption in the process itself we take a wrong decisions and this SQ got delisted from that. Well, I actually have a different uh, point. I mean, a different uh, point of view. Uh, if one of the SQs has a, a high gross margin, yet a very slow offtake or very mm. slow uh, distribution, I would, would actually encourage to try first some tactics. For example, mm. cross-promote mm. with the most selling SQ. Mm. Uh, do a, a, a sampling activity. Uh, uh, try to utilize your uh, CDA contractual binding agreement yes. together if you are if you have space in the uh, the leaflet that they actually uh, 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 announce or print every month that you include uh, uh, a picture of it or uh, or a picture of a promotion. Give it a shot. It might end up that you find give it more space on shelf. Yes. Uh, um, so so I would say uh, um, uh, taking decision on paper is actually especially that with the example you gave that there is a high gross margin for example mm -hmm. so let's get a shot first and see and i've actually experienced one of the sqs uh, we had similar circumstances and we started i mean we, due to the big gross margin we started cross promoting and to, to an extent that we've reached that we've promoted this specific sq on its own and it actually picked up because the, we induced the trial with the consumer and it wasn't delisted after all and and uh, and you and you see there is there is a bit of psychological factor when it comes to safe people as well so uh, the sales rep you'll find him focusing on only the most selling sqs uh, putting a bit of uh, effort uh, less effort on these selling sqs so tactics with with sales like for instance um, making a specific contest uh, uh, pushing this sq uh, ensuring about ensuring av availability of course as well as visibility for this specific mm -hmm. action you might might increase the chances of uh, offtake uh, for it and yeah. uh, it might end up not delisting it i like great <laughs> yeah. yeah great great guys experience. Uh, yes of course this is what we're talking about it's experience more than the knowledge and books because hassan passed yeah, through a lot of experiences in that Guys, uh, times is running, but let's take like a couple of more questions, and I have also last question for uh, for for Hassan. So Agata here, our friend from Poland, she was talking about uh, legal services uh, marketing. 
and uh, I have what's your point of view about legal services uh, marketing, uh, Agatha? I think legal services marketing, if we talk about uh, uh, search engine optimization and that, we're talking about uh, email marketing, uh, uh, creating some content about uh, also legal services. Be present and so social media presence is very important in, in that. So these are some of the points which came to my head about that. So Hassan uh, Khaled, if you have anything also to add to Agatha here about uh, legal services marketing. Sure, I think that uh, Agatha, she's also talking about the, in another question, what about the price of legal services? Is that it yeah. on the, in your opinion, we use the strategy, but it depends of uh, client possibility. So I, I'll say yeah. that I'm assuming that she's speaking about how to position your price. I believe mm -hmm. from a legality point of view, there are some segments inside the countries you cannot exceed. And Hamamsi uh, also, please yeah, share yeah. your experience on that point, especially for pharmacies. You have a specific price that you will not be able to do or just to uh, to raise uh, more than this because it's, it's illegality. You cannot do this because the, the, the government is funding for some specific segments, drugs, all of this. But I believe if you're talking about legal services from consumer uh, goods point of view, uh, it's all about uh, the decision of the company, how you will be able to build uh, the pricing and how you will be able to have the trade story with your distributor and your uh, retailer. Because at the end of the day, you are controlled by a price index and uh, based on your brand values. If you don't have all of this, I can position, I say I will this, I'll, I'll have this glass by $1,000. No one will control it from a legal point of view. but. Will you be able to convince the retailer or distributor to to buy it? it it's, it's all about logic. But as you said, specifically, there are some segments, drugs and uh, foods sometimes in specific countries. It's all depe depending on uh, on the country regulation from legal point of view. That's that's my point. Good, good points, of course, and uh, let's uh, let's take also another uh, question here from Shadi. A little bit marketing, new way of advertising between competitors, impacting positively or negatively, like what happened between BMU and Mercedes. I think here uh, Shadi is talking about the wars that we were talking about, Hassan. That uh, sometimes you remember, like BMW would make an ad that uh, they are better than Mercedes. You remember the four keys of Audi that Audi is putting the key for BMW if yeah, you're looking yeah. for elegance. And so this kind of, uh, of marketing uh, campaigns, what uh, what what's your take on it, uh, Hassan? Well, well, to be honest with you, uh, if answering uh, specifically regarding the BMW and Mercedes and how did it affect uh, positively or negatively, to be honest, I don't have an answer to that. Yeah. Uh, but but what I, I, I want to say that uh, this part of the world, if we're talking about the Middle East, I mean, the, the, there is... Um, legal uh, uh, issues if you, if you mm. actually uh, or constraints if you actually compare or contrast other uh, yeah. Uh, or uh, yeah brands together yet uh, if we look at uh, uh, the consumer the consumer is actually if you're catering for the needs of the consumer this is the most important thing so uh, this type of advertising is actually targeting more uh, the conversion uh, uh, converting from 
a, a specific brand or you're a loyal converter from a specific brand to another specific brand. You find that that companies, tobacco companies, for instance, it's for, for tobacco users, it's extremely, extremely difficult to, to shift from a brand to another. They will only shift from a brand to another in case that there is the delivery of uh, of the, this specific cigarette or tobacco is not, or the intake is not, it's different. It, it was something and now it's something else due to quality, due to uh, packaging, due to several reasons. Yet, I believe that uh, the uh, differential marketing is... is uh, uh, my own point of view, I don't think it, it, it's pretty much impactful. Uh, we don't see it much, I mean globally, uh, happening. Uh, we find companies, they're utilizing it somehow in, in some specific uh, times. Uh, maybe over the years, if you look at Pepsi and Co, for instance, McDonald's yeah. and Hardee's, for instance. Uh, uh, yet, it's not something that's actually happening more frequently. True. So, uh, yeah, yeah, so, uh, yeah. This is I like what you said, it's not converting from to this kind of advertising, which is, yes. which is the truth, yes. Thank you, Hassan. Thank you. Great. We have uh, another here from Mustafa Sliman. He was also uh, one of our colleagues back in uh, Americana. Amazing discussion. What about sales forecasting for e-commerce? He's talking about digital marketing campaign as a push for orders. So okay, this, this is a very interesting and a, and a very good question, uh, Mustafa. Uh, regarding the, 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 the e-commerce, this is something on the rise right now. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look around us, uh, uh, when COVID hits, uh, you, uh, uh, many consumers were, th were thinking many times, uh, is it worth it to go to the store and buy some stuff or is it much mm -hmm. more better to order it online? So I would say that e-commerce platform or lots of platforms out there uh, uh, has been uh, uh, growing drastically, double and triple digit uh, percentages uh, over the past uh, uh, 18 months. Mm -hmm. So I would say that uh, one of the, 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 the key points here, digital marketing, of course, it does, it works. Uh, now you have companies that are specialized in uh, if you're you're actually sometimes they say they hear you uh, you have your phone you're talking about a certain product you go online on your facebook and you find that your uh, the shampoo you're talking about with your friend is actually there yeah, yeah. so uh, as far as forecasting is concerned uh, uh, if we're talking about special circumstances that happened regarding COVID, it would be very difficult to foresee uh, the forecast, how the forecast will happen, yet you can take trends depending on the past month. There is also another way to look at it. If, if, if you're catering for a certain platform, these platforms, they have statistics when it comes to uh, customers or consumers or their customers, how many uh, clicks, uh, uh, they've done in a specific category online uh, what's the actually uh, uh, penetration uh, regarding the, the the section let's say for example i'm going to talk uh, brands now mm -hmm. so let's say the soup platform they have uh, uh, um, uh, the grocery port or the household port or and they have the uh, the other uh, commodities or products that they're selling mm -hmm. so uh, uh, there is always a history when it comes to how many clicks by how many consumers, and and basically you can build on the, this this forecast. And I believe uh, on these statistics. And I believe that that the e-commerce it's pretty much direct. 
and it's pretty much easier. It is very difficult to influence a consumer decision when it comes to uh, one of the modern trade or retail when they walk in going through the shopping, uh, shopping trip. It is very difficult to disrupt the moment of truth where they actually standing behind the shelf or in front of the shelf and picking up. But it's actually easier to influence the consumer when it comes to uh, e-commerce platforms. Yeah? yeah, when they're making an order, you can actually pop up. There's a pop up saying that you have a certain discount uh, or a certain promotion or a certain offer that uh, you can actually uh, make use of. So uh, I think it's on the rise. It's uh, it's it's easier. It's less uh, time consuming. Uh, it's uh, it's cheaper. Uh, uh, and it's more practical. So I like what you said because yeah. the pop up when you compared with the flyer in stores, it's totally different. I like what you say also, it's about being cheaper. But how you will be able to uh, penetrate this e commerce, how you can build the, 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 the resonating message, and how you understand the behavior of the consumer, this is the game of, of the company itself. Are they willing or not? I'd like to thank our friend Pragmata. Actually, his comments are really gold. Amazing. He's saying, uh, saying it's depending on uh, omni-channel and user-friendly application portals, fast and accurate service like delivery refunds and after-service service. Like, this is, I think, it's, uh, absolutely, absolutely. amazing, amazing points. Well, very good answer, Prag. Thank yes, you. yes. Guys, we've been going around an hour, but I have like a golden question to, to ask Hassan at, at, at the end of our discussion. And always we were in these debates and I know Hassan worked through different industries. Hassan, uh, you think the, the best way to, to choose a distributor and what is the best thing to do is to self-distribute your products or to depend on a distributor? Because uh, the debate was like self-distributors, you're saving some of the margins, but you are controlling the fleet and the, the costs of controlling the fleet or depend on a strong distributor and a strong arm distributor, like uh, he is your partner and, and, and you have long-term uh, commitment with him and he, he, knows, he knows the job best. What, what is the, the best uh, uh, choice in, in this and tell us from your experience in different industries? Uh, I believe that uh, uh, um, uh, working through a distributor uh, uh, is cheaper. It's cheaper, yeah. uh, or at least from the experience that I've uh, been through uh, throughout the past uh, jobs I had with different companies. But but the whole idea is uh, uh, there are certain criteria whereby you need to choose a distributor in order to uh, uh, yeah so the number one thing is their sales and marketing cap capability they, do they have a pre-sell a hot sell a channel coverage uh, their their coverage versus nielsen is how much uh, uh, you have to look at their management capability and succession so uh, uh, the, when it comes to uh, the human resources the planning that they have for their human resources the 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 um, uh, uh, their financial management, succession planning, uh, uh, arrangement in place to continue the distributorship in case of retirement or death of the distributor principal. Premise and location is one of the most important thing. Uh, uh, their, their warehouse capacity, if in case of uh, chilling uh, chillers, the chillers capacity, uh, the depots across uh, uh, the country, the number of sales force, the trucks, the number of trucks they and types of trucks they have. 
Uh, and I believe the, uh, one of the most important key uh, uh, point as well is the knowledge uh, of the local market. They should have a good relationship with the customers. They should understand the market and understand the, uh, uh, the trade uh, uh, dynamics and the government dynamics there and have, of course, a good uh, network. Uh, uh, one of the key points as well is the technolo- technological uh, capabilities and backbone. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, what kind of operating systems do they have? SAP, Oracle, uh, using sales bus, handheld terminals, uh, uh, as well as uh, 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 their financial stability. You can also you can hire a company that actually gives you a credit score, uh, uh, some due diligence on their credit history, their financial position, uh, 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 the size of their business. And of course, uh, uh, the, the last thing is the legal part, which is basically uh, uh, the commercial, their commercial registration and how long have they have they been either paying their taxes or they're not paying their taxes. Uh, um, uh, and one of the most important thing is the portfolio and the strength of the distributor. Yes. How many yes. categories? How who are the other other principles? Uh, that are dealing with uh, uh, um, what's the size of the distributor what's the strength of the distributor Mm -hmm. the more uh, the distributor has a portfolio a big portfolio the the easier they will get good deals when it comes to negotiation of CDAs with the customers so so this is uh, extremely important uh, I believe for choosing a a distributor Um, I think you have to write a book Hassan Yes, I think that you have <laughs> that, that's structured. <laughs> it's not, it's not sales only. You're talking about the whole business. Yeah, I love what you you touch a point on, on on how you are allocating, how you can see yourself as a supplier to your distributor. Because some people they they got compelled only by the price or the margin, the agreed margin by distributor, and they found out that at the end of the day they are screwed in the service level because. The, the distributor for them, they, they are just small fish. They're a small fish inside the distributor and the distributor is dealing with many suppliers. So when it comes to, uh, uh, I would say prioritization in terms of the retail, when they have some challenges, the capacity, you know, at the end of the, the picking of the end of the month, how it, how it looks like when they have outbound capacity challenges, when they have uh, some of the transportation capacity challenges, for sure they will prioritize their customer, a customer, a suppliers, just to make sure that they are doing. So looking into that thing, it's very important. I think share of mind. You're, you're. I mean, pointing towards the share of mind uh, uh, with the distributor. And I believe that that in order to succeed, uh, uh, no matter how small you are with the distributor, mm-hmm. is that uh, uh, the relationship should be built on win, win-win relation. Yeah. Yes. Uh, yes. I think that the distributor has the right to understand, and I've actually practiced this, and it uh, it, it it delivered good good uh, results. Is that when you build a plan and you reset a strategy, whether the strategy is channel-based or market-based, it should be done with the distributor. It's not. It should not be shoved down their throat. It yes. should be. It should be. I mean, like a workshop done. So the more yeah. level of engagement they have, the more share of mind that they have. And I believe one of the most successful thing is is actually having your guy with. And uh, 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 station so the distributor. Yeah, yeah, station distributor, looking after the business, looking after each and every channel. So, so Hassan, yeah, I, do, <laughs> I just wanted to add that that's why you, uh, you were 
were always uh, with the distributor and the team was always with the distributor, of course. Yeah, all the countries of GCC, if you Yes, remember. exactly. That's why you were touring, because it's yeah. very important. All the points of you course, hit, actually, all, all, all the points that... Because uh, the, they, they are part their partners, as Pragmata is saying, it's a long, ongoing uh, relationship. Business and it's a win-win, like you're saying. The company will make money and they will make yes. money as well. <clears throat> I think we have last question, Hamamsi, from Khaled Madani. He was asking. I think the question of uh, Khaled Madani was the same, like uh, about online sales and marketing, which which we which we covered okay. with uh, with Mustafa Sliman. Of course, uh, Khaled Madani is our uh, great friend and uh, boss. Thank you, of course, for your engagement with us, everyone, uh, everyone today. It was a great session that really I don't want to to end. A lot of uh, values uh, from Hassan as, uh, as usual. Thank you so much. Thank, uh, you so much. thank you. Thank you so much for everyone who joined us. Uh, thank you, Hassan. Can I, can I please, add something? Please. Uh, please. I want to, to, to add a few words. Uh, a late wise man uh, who actually passed away last week. Uh, uh, so some of his words, and I, it was actually a bit uh, touch, uh, touchy, I, I believe. So I want to to share them with the, the audience. So uh, uh, this guy, I'm quoting, I'm quoting. So uh, this guy uh, said, uh, when you wake up uh, uh, and before you sleep, you need to count your blessings every yeah. single day. Yeah. And be content. Content is a treasure. Uh, uh, I'm not saying don't be ambitious, but be content. The content is it's, it's a treasure that never finishes because it's material. It is not material, it is spiritual. Never give up, have faith. God is looking after you. Amazing, amazing one. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Yes. Thank you, Hassan, so much. Thank you very much uh, for again, I, I really enjoyed the, the discussion. Thank you, thank you so much. Thank you, great Please, Hassan, before we close, rethink about uh, uh, writing this book. Seriously, I'm saying it. Okay, I'll, I'll give it a thought. I'll give thank it a thought. Thank you thank so you. much. Thank you. thank you, Hassan. Thank you, everybody who joined thank us. And thank you for thank all you. Answered, ask our questions, of course. And if any questions we didn't answer, we will come to shortly and, uh, and answer you all. Thank you, Hassan. Thank you. Thank you, Ahmed. And thank you, thank all you. the thank global you, Ahmed. Thank you, uh, Hamamsi. Thank you. Have a good day. Take care. Same to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to our Global S&OP Community Podcast. We hope that you have absorbed some values from this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast to be notified every week with the new episode. You can visit our website, ahmedkhaled.co or ahmedkhaled.co We believe that one word, one story, or one conversation could transform your life. Stay tuned next week with a great thought leader in S&OP. Have a wonderful week ahead.